Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready as well. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to... Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, New starts... York. Yeah, okay, we're going to New York. It, there are many, many places in this film. The settings change. <laughs> it is. It's a three-hour okay. and 20-minute movie. It is. Yes. So I... I will cap, uh, capsize one hour and there is still two and a half hours you have to watch people okay this sequel continues the saga of two generations of successive power within the Corleone family and I think it might be Corleone but then I hear some people oh. say Don Corleone and then some people in the movie were like Don Corleone yeah yeah um, so there you go. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola tells two stories in The Godfather Part Two: and the rise and the roots of the young Don Vito, Robert De Niro, and the accession of Michael Al Pacino as the new Don. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we're ready for the particulars. So we have The Godfather Part 2. It was released December 20th, 1974. It was directed mm. by Francis Ford Coppola. What month? December 20th, 1974. Oh, okay. I had already graduated college. Where were you living? Uh, December, I was ba- I was in Texas. Screenplay by Francis Ford Coppola and Mario Puzo, based on The Godfather by Mario Puzo. Music by Nino Rota, director of photography, Gordon Willis. So everyone's the same so far from part one. Edited by Peter Zinner, also did part one. Also edited by Barry Malkin, and he did not edit the first one. He directed or edited The Rain People, which was also a Coppola film. And he's credited as an editor on The Godfather Saga, which, nerd alert, The Godfather Saga is parts one and two edited into one film that aired on NBC four consecutive nights. Oh, my God. How many hours was it then? Probably eight or something. Eight? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with eight. He, oh, he wow. also edited Rumblefish, The Cotton Club, Peggy Sue Got Married, Big, The Godfather Part 3, Honeymoon in Vegas, It Could Happen to You, Lucky Numbers, and The Big Bounce. It was also edited by Richard Marks. Not that Richard Marks. The editor, Richard Marks. Not the piano-playing guy with the mullet, Richard Marks. This mm-hmm. is editor, Richard Marks. And spelled different with M-A-R-K-S. He also edited Serpico, Apocalypse Now, Pennies from Heaven, Terms of Endearment, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Across the Eighth Dimension, St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Broadcast News, Say Anything, Dick Tracy, as good as it gets, and you've got mail, to name a few. I believe I saw almost all of those. Right? 
Right. Starring Al Pacino as Michael Corleone, Robert De Niro as Vito Corleone, Robert Duvall as Tom Hagen, Diane Keaton as Kate Adams, John Cazale as Fredo, Mm -hmm. Talia Shire as Connie, we also had Lee Strausberg as Hyman Roth. I didn't know that till I was doing Tasty Nuggets. He's a famous actor. He started the Actor Studio, Al Pacino, Ben Gazzara, Martin Landau, Ellen Burstyn. He was, um, he, the Marilyn teacher. Monroe, like, left him a bunch of her money and her license. So anytime you see Marilyn Monroe on something, his widow is in charge of both of their licenses. So she's well, in charge of the Marilyn Monroe stuff. Probably because he saw that she also had talent. Yeah. I mean, be- most people didn't. And he was like helped her after. Right. Like he helped her develop the talent and then he helped her afterwards. So that's why she left it to him because she was grateful. I, I know him more as a teacher of actors than an actor himself. Right. I don't think he was in very many roles. This is his most famous. I've seen him in a couple other things, but not a lot. And we have Michael V. Gazzo. He played Frank Pentangali. He was on in on the waterfront, Starsky and Hutch, Barnaby Jones, Beretta, A Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, and Taxi. And So glad his name is back this week. I couldn't pronounce it last week. He wasn't in the movie last week. <laughs> You're talking about Tatalia. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I heard, saw this one, because I had the subtitles on, and as soon as I saw this name, I was like, she's going to fuck that name up, too. <laughs> Can't wait to hear how she says it, because I'm going to mess it up. And we had G.D. Sprodlin. He played Senator Pat Gary. He was in Tora, 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 MacArthur, Apocalypse Now, North Dallas 40, The War of the Roses, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Ed Wood. His last role was in the movie Dick, and he played Ben Bradley. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I'd seen him in some TV, too, back in the day. Oh, I'm sure he's in TV. Um, Mm -hmm. Morgana King... She was also in the first one because she played Carmela Corleone. And she was a, an American jazz singer. And part one was her film debut. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She was a, a singer. Well done. And we have Dominique. How do you say it? Well, I'm Ch- sure not going to know. Chianassi. He was Johnny Ola. But he was most famous for being junior. In The Sopranos. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. He was also in Dog Day Afternoon and All the President's Men. And we had Danny Aiello. He played Tony Rosato. He was in Do the Right Thing and Once Upon a Time in America and Moonstruck. Um, We have Bruno Kirby. He played young Clemenza. Because remember, we said last week how Clemenza, the guy that played him, wanted to write his own lines. And they're like, well, get ah. out of here. So this, they wrote him out. And so, but Bruno Kirby played young Clemens in the flashbacks. And he was in City Slicker when Harry met Sally and Donnie Brasco. We have John 
Aprea, who played young Tessio. He was in Bullet, The Step for Wives, The Idol Maker, New Jack City, and Sunset Park. We have a young Roman Coppola, who was the son of Francis Ford Coppola. He played young Santino Corleone. And we had. I didn't know that. Uh huh. And we had um, Joe Megna, who played the young Hyman Roth. He was Dill in To Kill a Mockingbird and is the half sister of Connie Stevens. Now, little, little, little uh, peek behind the curtain here. I did not finish watching the movie when I did the particulars. So I was very excited. I was like, Dill from To Kill a Mockingbird is young Hyman Roth? What? And then I finished the movie and I was like, wait, where was Dill? So I don't know if Dill was in the first half of the movie and he's just in the background. But then when I went online, I saw the deleted scene where young Clemenza introduces uh, young Hyman and they actually see where he gets his name from. Oh, thank you. Well, let's not go into that. <clears throat> okay, we won't. <laughs> well, I just assumed it wasn't a good story. Is it a good story? Not now. <laughs> I mean, how could it be? It, well, his last name wasn't Roth. His first name was Hyman. He said who, it was something that actually sounded very Polish, more of a Polish name than a Jewish name. And uh-huh. so then uh, Vito asked him, well, who's the guy that you admire the absolute most? And it was somebody Rothstein. And oh. so then they're like, all right, you're Hyman Rothstein. And I'm assuming that it just got cut short to Hyman Roth. Well, that makes sense. And there is not a problem with that at all. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Oh, what were you like? Hey, you look really Jewish. No, I was, going with the, I was going with the Hyman route. And so I, that. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> why I thought we were going to skip it, but I'm okay. You're okay. Are we ready for. Um, We're not ready for anything people. ever again. <laughs> How could you not originally go there with the name Hyman Roth? There's nothing wrong with Roth. Because I, I don't know. Maybe because I've just always heard the name. Because, again, this movie is in everything that it never. It, it will never die. It never made me think of that. Well, I was I'm like, glad. that's just his name. And I'm happy to enlighten you to my world. Okay, (laughs) the movie opens with a teary-eyed Michael getting his hand kissed. Remember how Godfather ended with him getting his hand kissed and the door closes while Kay sees him becoming the Don? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then we go back to his father's beginnings, Vito Corleone and how he became. Yes. So the Godfather was born. It has um, things you have to read. Titles? Yeah. Well, it comes on the screen and you have to read it. Anyway, I wrote it down. The Godfather was born Vito Andolini, not Mm. Corleone. Andolini. In Corleone, Sicily. Ah. In 1901, his father was murdered 
for an insult he gave to the local mafia chieftain. Then his older brother Paolo swore revenge on the mafia and ran away into the hills because he was going to kill that MFR. Mm-hmm. Um, and he disappeared to the hills, leaving Vito, the only male heir, to stand by his mother at his father's funeral. He was nine years old. Well, okay. So, nerd alert. In the Go. movie, it says that he's nine years old, but then I think on the tombstone at the end in part one, it shows his year, and they're like, he couldn't have been nine years old. He was 14 years old. Oh, because he died before he could have impregnated Mama. What? <laughs> that made sense to me. Didn't it make sense to you? No, because they got the the <laughs> years wrong. That was my point. Whose tombstone are we we're talking about Vito Corleone's tombstone. Right. Because I read something where they had the date wrong for his death. Because in she thinks I'm going on a tangent here, but I'm real. She, because he and Sonny. No. Okay. Because when it's Sonny. Wait. <laughs> when it's Vito's. Sonny and Vito had the same birthday. And. Vito was saying how it was unfair that the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor on the his father's birthday because mm-hmm. that was getting all the attention. And so that was date wrong on his tombstone back in the original one. Oh, his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, go ahead. Because the what it was it was wrong. Well, something was wrong because it just didn't add up. So I don't know how old. I don't know. They in the movie okay. he's just nine years old. Right. So there's this funeral procession. It it appears to be Italy again, although it was probably the hills of California. It was and supposed to be Sicily, because he's Sicilian. It, and gunshots gunshots ring out and people scatter because they are just shooting anybody that has anything to do with this man who said anything against the mafia. What boss. did they what was the insult? We never learned the insult. Like, did he call him a bad name? Did he disrespect him by not kissing his hand? Did he, um, I don't, did he say something against the organized crime family? I don't know. Would have loved to know the insult. He called him a fart brain. What? He probably just said uh, And your mama too. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, and then somebody starts screaming. This is all in subtitles. So you have to read. See, children, you have to learn how to read. Um, and there's a woman screaming, they've killed your son, Paolo. So the mother runs and finds dead Paolo at her husband's funeral. She's crying over dead Paolo's body. At her husband's funeral. So... She takes Vito with her, who's mm, um, somewhere around nine years old, according to the film, mm-hmm. to Don um, C-I-C-C-O. How do you say that? C-I-C-C-C. 
John Seiko. Seiko. And she kisses his hand and she says to him, you killed my husband and my son. All I have left is Vito. Oh, by the way, he can't speak. And he's kind of, you know, a few. He's slow, she says. He's slow. So there's no reason to kill him. So leave him alone. What does the Don say? Don says, the Don says, yeah, today, but one day he's going to grow up to be strong. And, he's and she goes, don't worry, he won't do anything to you. Well, when he grows up, he'll come for revenge. And she goes, spare my only son. And the Don goes, no. And they shoot her dead while she's screaming for Vito, run for your life. Well, wait, she doesn't. Yeah, she eventually does, but she... What doesn't she bust? Doesn't she bust a move? She like busts a move on the guy. She probably does. I mean, she's not going down easily. I think like she takes a knife or something. She somebody. pulls a knife on him. Yeah, she yes. pulls a knife on him and she's like, Vito, run! And little Vito turns around and starts skedaddling. Because she has the knife at his neck. And yeah. she goes, and then she gets- You kill my son, this Don is dead. Yeah. And so then he, like, tosses her, and then, yeah, she gets lit up. And then some of the townspeople, they hide him, and they hide him, and then all of a sudden he's on a trip to America. So I don't, they must have scraped together money, because those, like, they're ships, they're not free. Yeah, but we don't see that. We see him hiding, because the Don's men are all over the town yelling, anybody who harbors Vito... Andolini is dead. So you turn him over and you'll be fine. And these people put him on the side of a donkey and put sticks over him because I never understood this. Did you sell sticks? I don't know. Well, yeah, for fires and stuff. Okay. So um, the next thing you see is him on this ship. Nerd alert! I know it. I already know your nerd alert. Go ahead and tell everybody else. The ship is coming into New York, so you see the Statue of Liberty, and it's 1901, and it's a bright green. But the patina on the Statue of Liberty, it would have been very patchy from the waist down. It wouldn't have been a full Mm -hmm. patina developed. And so Mm -hmm. from the waist down, it would have been primarily brown color. Because it started out, it is bronze, but the weathering, you know, climate change is making her green, what we see as green today. Called the patina. I didn't know that part. I have a different thing about this, about the boat. Mm. The boat that brings him, you know that, right? No. Oh, you're going to wait till you, I will save it for tasty nuggets. Okay. Okay. So the next scene, we see him on the boat with all the, immigrants mm-hmm. when when they were able to come to our country. I thought that I saw a black lady at Ellis Island, but I didn't have my paper. So I don't I was like, ugh. Cause there are gonna be some later that I forgot to count. I kinda got the ones later, I think. Okay, good. That's good. Maybe not. Okay. So he goes to Ellis Island and it wasn't really Ellis Island because it hadn't been refurbished yet. But it looked like it would have looked where you go through all these lines and somebody checks your heart and somebody checks your ears and somebody checks your eyes. Well, they put in chalk an X with a circle around it for him. 
And that means that he's mentally delayed. Oh, that's what it meant. Because he won't talk. Well, I thought that it was, I was like, man, that would be terrifying. It would be terrifying, I think, to be an adult going through Ellis Island. To be like a nine-year-old kid who doesn't speak English and doesn't really speak at all. And your whole family just got murdered. And in now front you're of your eyes. in front of your eyes, and now you're here. I just thought it was kind of crazy how nobody was like. I mean, America would just take. They used to just take in children. Like yeah. it, it yeah. didn't because matter. People would just people would put their children on the boat, going, "You're you're going to start a better life, and I'm going to come when I can." Yeah, because it, it was a better life for them. It was, it's like, and but he, where did you even like? Oh. So I guess like they heard about it in the Bible or something, and then they people were like, "Oh, there was like Moses and stuff in the basket," and then people just put their kid on for a better life, and then everybody was cool with it. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna say originally there was a boat, and some of the Italian people went, "You know, it's got to be better than where I am here." So they sailed on this boat. They got to America. They wrote their relatives and said you gotta come here this is pretty cool that's what i'm thinking of they were like the streets are paved with gold in america America." no not really (laughs) i mean a lot of people did a lot better for themselves yeah because the tenements yeah anyway okay moving on it was said that he had smallpox so he was quarantined for three months he was in a small room with just a bed, and he starts singing, which means he was a selective mute. A selective mute ah. is a child who chooses not to talk. They can talk, but they choose not to. Mm, I see. So he wasn't mentally challenged. He just chose not to talk because he'd seen his father murdered, his brother murdered, and his mother murdered in a really short period of time and he went obviously talking is gonna get me murdered so i'm just gonna yeah but his mom like of course his mom was playing up how dumb he was to save his life and stuff exactly she didn't really feel he was that but he was oh i bet he didn't talk that much because just as he was as an adult we already have seen vito corleone in the first one and he wasn't mr talkative guy no so it's just like oh that's how he is which i think is interesting because well we'll get to that later okay okay again i'm gonna say i know it's three and almost a half hours it was really good though it was great to it was was like an old friend yeah okay i didn't stay up the whole time because that was on me it had nothing to do with the movie well we could explain that but we're not going it was las vegas yeah, she was in Las Vegas seeing her brother and sister. Yeah. So. Okay, next scene. We have the first communion of Vito's grandson, Anthony, at Lake Tahoe in 1958. So this is the son of Michael. Michael and Kay had their first son, and they named him Anthony. Yes. Okay, well, Connie shows up at this uh, family event, And she wants to see Michael. Now, Michael is now the Don, so you have to make appointments. You can't just show up and see him. 
And again, last week we learned that at family events, it, it shows respect if people say hello to the Don. Is that what you said I, last week? Well, no, last week it was the, it started with a wedding and a right. Sicilian can't refuse a favor on a wedding. On a wedding. This is a first communion. Yeah. So not quite the same, but the same amount of people. And this is, it's uh, the first communion. It's at Tahoe. He's been running this business, so it's a lot less Sicilian and a lot more white people. Yeah, waspy. Right. So we have moved our location from New York to Lake Tahoe, which is in Nevada. Where is Tahoe? Utah. Uh, it's, it's on that border. Anyway, so. She shows up at the family event. She wants to see Michael. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, and so. Oh, yeah, it is on uh, the border. The senator from Nevada gets up and he speaks at the son's first communion. I have been to a few first communions, not many. It's when the child first accepts God and Jesus into their life and, um, and so it's when they're about um, six, seven years old, first grade age. Well, this was like a wedding reception, a really nice, like a royal wedding reception. And so the the senator gets up and he says, "I want to, I want to just say thank you to the this the family who gave me a check for our university, uh, maybe." Nevada State University, Nevada University, who knows? And um, then that senator is in a meeting with Michael, the now Don. And Robert Duvall is there because he's Tom again. Remember the brother who wasn't really a brother but was adopted by Vito. And so he becomes the lawyer for their legitimate stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the senator says he wants to speak frankly to Michael. And he goes on a bit of a an anti-Italian rant. Yeah, he's like, you people come here with your greasy hair. And I don't uh, think he called them wops, but it was pretty close. Yeah. That's, just... a, that's a severely anti-Semitic anti <laughs> anti italian name stop it you're supposed to be here for me so michael is trying to buy i believe two hotels in nevada yeah he's just trying to do a business deal be business doing a business deal and um the senator is, is saying i don't like your kind you have oily hair you have silk suits i despise you the way you pose yourself and your whole effing family you play your game um so you give me my answer tomorrow and um that you will take a smaller amount of money and a smaller percentage of the of the gross intake and michael goes i can give you my answer now no i offer nothing um i i'm not even offering you the fee of the gaming license i'm asked i'm I'm telling you, you're going to give me a gaming license, and I'm not going to pay you nothing. Mm. And the senator goes, do not contact me again. I'm out. 
He did not know who he was doing it. Yeah. At this point, a boat pulls up on Lake Tahoe. And who gets out? Is this Rado? In a really cool brown and black plaid yeah, was tuxedo pretty cool. jacket. That was a pretty cool tuxedo jacket. I could totally rock that jacket. <laughs> you could. And he gets out and he says he needs to see Michael. Um, okay, so we have this Johnny dude. He wants to see Michael. So Michael has Tom leave because he only handles certain parts of the business. Because if you remember in Godfather 1, Michael told Kay within five years, all of our business will be legit. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom was going to, Tom is the lawyer who was going to handle the legit business. So Tom had to leave. So there is Hyman there, and what? Wait, wait, wait! No, only Hyman. Um, whoever is there had just met with Mr. Ross, Hyman Roth, who we already heard from Miami, and Michael wants two hotels in Miami. We cut to the orchestra. There is a fool there who is probably a little younger than Vito, but. A generation away from Ma, Michael. That, that's your man. That's the man. That's oh, C I C C O. No, no, it's not. It's Frank Pentagalli. Frank Pentagalli. So Frank Pentagalli is the one that took over. See, they said that Clemenza, Frank, he would have been Clemenza, but they in the movie Clemenza has a heart attack, and so when they're There's at a reason the, for that. Well, yeah, I already told people. We already <laughs> went over it. And where were you? And, and so he and his associate are wearing the black armbands because Clemenza had a heart attack. And so he's the guy that took over. And he's oh, very... I didn't see the black armband. Yeah, he's very old school. He's an old school, unsophisticated mafioso. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's... You're talking about... so. He's been riled up because he feels disrespected that he hasn't been able to talk to Michael. Michael. Mm-hmm. And he and he doesn't like the food. He's like, where's the where's the gravy and the meatballs and the sausages? He's like, this guy came around and he gave me a, a cracker with some. I don't know what it is. Basically, yeah, I don't, the, yeah. they have a cracker and vanini sausages, but it wasn't. <laughs> It was like fancy, but you know, you have that and you have like good Italian food. Cause they're in Miami. I mean, Paul, I'm sorry. I'm Let's sorry. try it a fourth time. They are in, <laughs> in like Tahoe, which again, if you think about it, like Tahoe didn't have a lot of Italian Americans there. Yeah. So there's a culture thing going on and Kay is not an Italian American and she's putting on her first son's first communion She's going to have the canapes. Ah, that, I knew you would know what it was. That white people would have at such an occasion. And he's not having his gravy and his meatballs. Yeah. I'm just saying. So he gets, and there's a band, and he gets up to, on, to the, onto the stage, and he's looking over, and he's like, this is a professional band, and I don't see an Italian here. 
And then yeah. he tries to get him to play that song. Right? It's that one. Yeah. And so the piano guy starts playing it, and then he gets up into the face of the clarinet guy, and he's like, start playing it. Come on. And then the clarinet guy, he kind of starts playing it, and then he goes off into Pop Goes the Weasel because he, he knows his audience. He knows his audience. He and knows it. You're acting a fool. I'm going to make a fool of you. So everybody laughed him off the stage. Well, then... Who is Meryl Johnson, Aaron? What? Hello? Meryl Johnson shows up. I don't know who Meryl Johnson is. Oh, my God. This is the boyfriend of Connie. Connie's new boyfriend. Okay, so Connie, remember last time? Oh, well, yeah, Carlo. Right. So he's dead. So she is, uh, she has been a married woman, so obviously she's not a virgin anymore. So she is now becoming a playgirl. Yeah, because she don't even see her kids. No, she doesn't. But she has this pretty new boyfriend whose name is Merle Johnson. And in real life, he's Troy Donahue. But in real life, he's Merle Johnson. So, yes, um, Troy Donahue's name before he went to Hollywood was Merle Johnson. And that's the name of his character. You remember Troy Donahue from the Natalie Wood film we did, um, Rebel Without a Cause. He was, no, 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 no. He was the guy who was the girl, the boyfriend of the girl who was of mixed heritage. What film was that? In Imitation of Life? Imitation of Life. And the one who spurred her because she was black because her mother was black. Oh, he was a 60s heartthrob. Oh, I, th- I thought he was like, I mean, again, he's in not- a movie saga with like, we've already had Marlon Brando and he was older. We have young Al Pacino. We have young Robert De Niro. We have young Robert Duvall and we have young James Caan. Like, get out of here, Troy Donahue. Yes, Who do you exactly. think you are? If you remember from Imitation of Life, I said he did not have acting chops. I didn't know that in the 60s when I was a little girl because he was blonde and he was gorge. But, yeah, he seriously did not have acting chops. Anyway, he is the new conquest of Connie, the sister of Michael Vito and... No, um, he's Vito's daughter, the sister of Michael, Sonny, and Fredo. Fredo, Sonny, who is now deceased. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he comes in. He wants to marry Connie, and it's obvious that he's marrying Connie, Talia Shire, who is a great actress, for her money, uh, you know, like, a, what's that called? Jigalo. Yeah. Um, and so Michael is telling her, do not marry this dude. Do not shame me. Yeah, he says your divorce isn't even final. So so she's married somebody after the I husband so. who got... I mean, Michael who, did kill her husband. Michael did kill her husband. So she has some issues. And so her, that husband was killed, even though he was abusing her. So um, she's married at least one person she's divorced since then. And now she's taken up with this new guy who knows who she is and pretty much wants her money or he could be in love with an older woman with children but he's not because michael reads him as soon as he gets in michael sits down and he says 
I don't, you come in with this man. I don't know how he makes his money. I don't know how he's supposed to support you. Cause she's basically was asking for money too, at the same time when she was there. And Michael's just kind of like, um, I don't know how, I don't need another mouth to feed. And he, and he says to her, they have this whole conversation in front of Merle and says, you know, you're going to break up with him. And he's the kind of man, he's going to understand that you have to break up with him and he's going to be cool with that. And he doesn't even look at the guy and the guy's kind of like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to go put the line back in the old lake. Yeah. Go fishing again. Well, now this whole this whole first communion has happened. There have been dancers on the stage doing stuff. There's been the orchestra. Uh, people have been dancing. Well, now I guess dinner is served because there's a family dinner happening at a round table with Michael K. Fredo, his wife, who is a mm. I'm sorry, but I'm saying quotation marks being bimbo, a blonde woman very curvy, doesn't know anything about Italian-American traditions, doesn't care. Uh, she's gotten everything she has through her looks. She's she, um, very self-centered. To writer, she's kind of um, low-functioning academically. Um, oh, and she, she flirts with openly with every man every man while telling him that her own husband is not a man yeah fredo yeah it's bad and so um there's this round table with uh the family eating and she is she is on her ass drunk or something plus drunk Mm -hmm. and she's dancing with another man and she falls down on the floor so fredo pushes her off the floor pulls her off the floor and she goes, I never should have married a WAP. Hey. Yeah, that's called divorce tomorrow. And then um, and Fredo sulks back to Michael. Meanwhile, Michael's already made eyes at his, what do they call button men or whatever. And so the guy just like basically puts her under her arm and goes off. And Fredo sits down next to Michael and he says how he can't control his wife. And yeah. Michael's like, it's okay, Fredo. I love you, Fredo. Anything you do is fine. You're my brother, so you get a pass. Yeah. Well, there's... Fredo uh, so, should have listened a little harder to that. <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. There's the dude, the um, Don Chichino. And he is in Jake. Michael's office. The old-timey dude who was younger than Vito, but older That's than... That's Frank, the... ma. Okay. I'm going to write down Frank. Um, and they start arguing and there are several racial epitaphs being thrown around um this this dude is the don he feels like he's the don of his own family but he's supposed to have been the don of the corleone no remember clemenza we had the in before it was vito clemenza and tessio and in the 
And may I share, this reminds me of Game of Thrones. If you don't have a name that's relatable, I'm not going to remember. Oh, relatable to you. <laughs> yeah, white America. But that's true. It's what it's what's relatable to me. And so there are these Clemenzas and Tatalionas. If you had been working at Ellis Island, everybody would have been named Pants and Hat. Just family trees. Oh, why is your name Jimmy Pants? And why are you Jimmy Two Socks? Because <laughs> you would just be hearing names and be like, oh, my name is Titalini Tertusio. And you'd be like, mm, tippy toes. <laughs> because at, at Ellis Island, Vito got the name Cordelion because he came from the city of Cordelion. Yeah, and he couldn't speak. Because they kept asking oh him his name. Oh my god, my alarm's going off a freaking again. Oh. I guess I put the snooze button. I'll be right back. Okay, so anyway, um, Michael says he's not going back to New York. And the uh, the old man that the old dom had too much wine so we're gonna just let that go yeah but do you rem uh, do you know who they are though because your alarm no, started because going we, off yeah i you have don't. frankie not we'll just call him frank okay because who's frank frank was frank penting frank <gasps> pangeli okay frank pangeli was frank was is the guy and he's the guy that replaced clemenza because they killed clemenza off he mm. had the black armband on him so okay. when clemenza died because remember in the first one there was the whole there was tessio and we even see it in this one you see tessio clemenza and Vito. they go into the olive oil business and yes. that's like their business and then they're also doing the other stuff and so then Remember, Tessio betrays. Tessio does some sort of betrayal, and we don't see him, but he got bounced at the end of the first one. Yes. And Clemenza, yeah. he was going to come back, but then in real life had the whole, he wanted to write his lines. He was a better writer. And they said. Right. In real life. In real life. And they said, well, your services are no longer welcome. So they wrote him out. And so yes. basically this guy, Frank, is rep and so in the movie clemenza has a heart attack shortly before the movie starts and so this guy has taken over clemenza's arm of the family okay. so he's running clemenza's thing and he has this problem with these other two i think they're like the ratso brothers and oh, i don't know Ratsos. the specific because that's danny aiello Yes. He was so one you of the can brothers. understand how I'm a little, um, you know, confused people, but you go with it. Right. Right. So he wants, he, and he got mad, and he was the one that wanted, like, the, the Italians, the sausages, and he was the one that got made fun of when he went on to the band saying there were no Italians, and they played Pop Goes the Weasel. And he, and finally, he does not trust the Roth dude. Hyman right, Roth. so Hyman Roth is based out of Miami, and he says, and he doesn't trust him, and he's like, your dad, your dad never, your dad did business with Hyman Roth, but he never trusted him. Right, right. And there's something, there's like something that he wants done, but he wants Michael to do, but Michael can't, because I think Roth is with these other guys, 
I think Roth is with the the Ratso brothers. And so, so truth be told, I didn't understand all of the underlying stuff, and I still enjoyed the movie. Yeah. And so Clemenza, not Clemenza, but Frank wants to, he has beef with the Ratso brothers, but he can't touch the Ratso brothers because the Ratso brothers are with Hyman Roth, and uh, Roth and Michael have a deal going, so they he needs Frank to not rock the boat. Right. And Frank's old school. He just wants to rock the boat. Right. Right. So Frank is the Don C-I-C-C-O person that I keep referring to. No, I don't know who you're. The Don C-C-O person is the person that killed Vito Corleone's family. Okay. In Sicily. I apologize. Well. We have Michael dancing with Kay at the very end of the first communion. It's still going on. And that's when she says, hey, you told me seven years ago that in five years, everything would be legit. So you see her starting to backtrack. Kay's starting to think I've made a horrible mistake. Now, I just want to stop here and say, as an elementary school teacher my entire career, Well, no, I I taught high school part of the time. But uh, kids were the focus. And a lot of the time it was special needs children who needed some extra kind of focus. Anyway, how would that, the personality of someone who takes on that challenge, then marry someone who she knows is in the mafia, the Cosa Nostra, the syndicate, the mom? How do you how do you marry that? Because when she met him, she didn't know about that. He was just in the Marines and came home. He was. And then he yeah. said, that's not me. That's not who I am. He truly did. And he then said, he I'm going to make off. it legit. Yeah, and yeah. then he went off. And then he got married to another woman who got yeah. blown up because he <laughs> was in the mob. And then he came to her and she was like, you know what? I don't need to be around all this snot. I don't need to be around all these snot-nosed little kids. I I wear the skirt and I look down and just snot all on it from them wiping their little noses on me. Peace out. Peace out. I'm gone. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. Okay. So they're in. So he comes into the bedroom. Kay is sleeping. And um, Kate goes, hey, why are the drapes open? We always have the help close the drapes. Anybody who's ever seen a mom movie knows what's happening next. Machine gunfire. And so Michael sends all of his men out to find the shooters. The dogs are released. Release the hounds. Uh, Tom comes in. And Michael says, you know, there's a lot I can't tell you because I admire you and I love you, but you're the only one out of everybody that I completely trust. I think, so Michael, my point of view, I took this as, because Michael says, if what I think has happened, so it's like Michael already pieced everything together. Yeah. And he had his suspicions. Yes. And they have sweaty eyes when they're talking to each other. Well, yeah, because 
like they like they pumped it was it was machine guns rifling through my bedroom his bedroom with, with, his my, wife. with my wife with my kids come and sleep will they play with their toys at this point he tells tom you take over so tom who has only been i mean he he has his tentacles in the in the underworld side but he's always been the above boat attorney is now going to become the dom oh my god but you said you unplugged it alarm is going off again do you hear it i do you said you unplugged it i unplugged it it's battery operated i'll be right back the fail safe oh my god so tom takes over so Michael tells Tom, I'm leaving here tonight. I'm trusting you with the wives and the family. Uh, somebody inside has done this. I've been betrayed from the inside. From the inside. At this point, we hear we see Fredo's wife screaming, and there are two dead men in, in a ditch. Well, because Michael says, because, you know, Tom's like, we, you know, I the order's been out. We're going to get them alive. They're not to kill them. The compound has been on lockdown. All the lights are up. The hounds have been released. And Michael says, you're not going to find them alive. Because he knows. He knows. He knows it's an inside job. Mm -hmm. Michael goes to Anthony, his oldest child, who's about nine at this time. He's about the same age as Vito was when we saw him. And he's very much the same. Like, he's quiet and stuff, and he doesn't really Mm -hmm. say anything. So he's probably, like, selective mute, like Vito Corleone. And and the the editing has the intersplicing between the the story of Vito and the story of Michael. Um, I thought the intersplicing was really well done. It's probably not called intersplicing. Yeah, it's like intercut. Okay, so... We see Michael saying to Anthony, I'm leaving. Anthony says, will you take me? He says, uh, finally, Anthony says, I want to help you. And he says, you'll be able to help me one day. Ah. We cut to Vito in 1917, New York City. And the Vito of his youth is now being played by Robert De Niro. Okay, there is an Italian vaudeville show going on. Um, And Vito, young Vito, is with a friend who says, I'm going to introduce you to this beautiful woman in this vaudeville show. And there's uh, uh, the black hand is introduced. The black hand is introduced to Vito. Okay, so they're going to go backstage and... um, Young Vito sees how everybody is paying this Don for protection. This Don's obnoxious. He is so obnoxious. He wears a white suit and a white fedora all the time. He's very toothy smile and stuff. And you just want to see him taken down. Then we're at the Italian market. I have been to the Italian market in Philadelphia. I cannot even imagine the Italian market in New York City. I imagine it's just bigger. 
Um, so this is Vito back in 1917, and um, they're living in a in a like a tenement, a, right? A tenement, perfect word, a tenement. And so somebody's throwing rocks at young Vito's window, and he goes, "Keep this package for me for a couple days." And Vito looks inside; it's all guns. So now we have um, Don Fanucci, the the all white, the guy who white, wears all white with the fedora, mm-hmm. is called Don Fanucci, right? He's mm-hmm. the Don of little italy in new york city Mm -hmm. he comes into this grocery store where Vito is working Vito got off the boat it's probably 10 years later he got a job in this um bodega grocery store Mm -hmm. that's where his buddy works his buddy is father owns the shop right and so the friend is explaining to Vito, who came from italy still speaks italian very little English, just how the Don in the neighborhood works. Because mm-hmm. they have to you pay, have to- the, the, his dad has to pay the Don money. And if he doesn't, and the money's going up that he has For to pay. For protection, right. so that right. his store doesn't get robbed or he doesn't get beat up or worse. So the, uh, the Don... Fanucci comes in and says, I got this nephew. He needs a job. So Vito's friend's father, the owner of the bodega, says, I'm sorry, Vito. I got to give your job to this other dude. I don't have a choice. And Vito's thinking at the time, well, how do I become Don? Because this isn't right. Well, because Vito's problem with the Don is that he's shaking down, he's he's um he's basically shaking down other Italians. He's Italian right. himself, and he's taking advantage of other Italians because they don't have any, they don't speak the language and they don't have anybody to protect them, and right. so he's taking advantage of them. And Vito doesn't like that. Because family extends beyond bloodlines, it becomes, if you're Sicilian. Yeah, and it's also even like other, like it isn't even like, oh, it's just the Sicilians, it's like the Italians. He's in Little Italy, he's shaking down his own people for his own benefit. Right. Whereas there is little Little Germany, little Ireland, little everything around so you could actually be shaking down other people instead of using your own okay so um the the son comes in and says hey Vito, i have this rug that your wife would really like and so what happens is they go in and they rob a rich dude it's this is young clemenza so the the guy that gave him the guns because he gives him the guns, and he comes up to him, and he says, hey, I'm Clemenza, you, you still have my stuff. And he's like, yeah, I still have it. And he, he was like, oh, well, did you look inside? And he was like, yeah, it's none of my business. Even though he did look inside, he was he like. He did indeed. You know, whatever, it's none of my business, do whatever, you know, whatever. And so and Clemenza's like, all right, I like this guy. And so Clemenza says, say, you, you know, do you want a, your wife to have a rug? Because you did me a favor. I return favors. 
And so then they go to this house. They basically break in and steal a rug. Yeah. They move the furniture off the rug. It's not like the rug is rolled up and ready to go. No, you take it right out of where it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're carrying the rug through the Italian market. Then it cuts to it. It's intercut between Vito as a young man and Michael as a young man because they're That's basically the same age. Exactly. At this point, we have we cut to Michael on a train. It's been an hour, so I stopped taking notes. Yeah, there you have it. And so much more happens. So much more happens. So, what was your POC count? Oh, well, when we were in Cuba, there were quite a few that I did not count. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of Cubans because it's just, just Cuba. So I didn't really count. It's kind of fun to be. In I Cuba. had that there was a there was a, a like dark Cuban woman who I counted as black at the party. Okay. I thought that I saw a black woman at Ellis Island. And then okay. I think think that the sex worker that the senator kills really was asian i think she was indeed i think so so like roughly a three person plus a whole like entire cuba which nerd alert wasn't actually cuba it was actually the dominican republic that they shot it in because at the time we we couldn't go into Cuba. And then I had three people at the very end, um, I think on a train. There were three people at the very end. Okay. 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 Nerd alerts often become my tasty nuggets. Hmm. Okay. I have nerd alerts. Okay. This was the last major American motion picture to have release print made with Technicolor's dye in inhibition process until the late 1990s. Okay. I read that a lot, but it it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it was some dye process where... So it was Technicolor. Yeah, with like a dye thing. And then okay. when I clicked on the blue hyperlink in Wikipedia for the the I word, the inhibition, in, I don't even know if I don't even think I copied that right. It took it told me about that's when um like water goes into the seed, and the water collects it, and if it wasn't for this process, the seedling wouldn't have the power to sprout out of the soil. Well, so it has to be something with the, the way that the dye collects and holds or something. Okay. I didn't have time to go that far into the nerd alert. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, the movie was three and a half hours, yeah. so we didn't have a lot of time for extraneous investigation. The rest can be in my tasty nuggets. Okay, I have a, I have a few tasty nuggets okay. myself. Reheatables. Oh, Okay. I will start mm-hmm. because you always have more insightful ones. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same as we did with The Godfather, the the woman's role. Oh, yeah. The woman was uh, making sandwiches for the men. You know, you never see her 
eating. No, she makes the sandwiches for the men. Then she goes back to the kitchen. The wife is cooking for the men while the men are eating. The wife takes the coats of the men who come into the house. Mm -hmm. The wife is not allowed to leave without the husband's permission. Well, I kind of think that part of the not allowed to leave without the husband's permission might be a safety thing, too. Because if you're the wife of like one of these guys, like when things are a bit heated, you know, you need to have somebody with you, I would think. At one time, Kay is um, physically abused. Well, it is true. Also, though, I oh, mean. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, she does deliver some tough news to Michael. I mean, regardless, it was, it was one of these situations where I guess she was, are we telling are we spilling the tea? Uh, if you choose to watch the movie and not know any spoilers, you can stop now. Because this was one that I did not know. And I was like, <gasps> so when Michael comes back from Cuba, he sees Tom. He's just gotten back in. He's like, you know, what did I miss? Tom tells him everything. And then Tom goes, um... Also, your wife had a miscarriage. And, oh, Michael's, he's like, what? No. Yeah. And it's like, was it a boy? Rather <laughs> timely. Yeah, yeah, seriously, dude? The child will not be brought to fruition, but you only care right. if it's Is a, it a boy? boy. Is it a masculine child? So Tom doesn't know. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then... Stuff goes on in the movie, and Kay says, look, um, the kids in, are outside. We're leaving. And Michael's like, what? I think Michael had just come back from something. He's like, no, we're supposed to leave tomorrow. And Kay's like, nope, we are leaving. I am leaving your ass. And he's like, what? But I told you, you know, all the stuff. Like, ah, I probably what? And so... Mother Michael says, look, I know that you're mad at me, that you blame me for having a miscarriage. And Kay says, oh, she delivered it. Yeah, she yeah. was just like, are you an idiot? I didn't have a miscarriage. And Michael was just being droopy Michael face. She's like, yeah, I had an abortion. I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring any more of your sons into this world. And I was like, he's gonna put his hands on her. <laughs> when it was legal for a woman to make a choice about her own body, yeah, Kay made a choice. Yes, Kay made a choice that suited her situation, her life at that time, that what was best for the unborn child as well as Kay. And then she's like, you know, and so. Michael, Michael pops her one, which everyone saw coming, even though it's wrong. When you yeah, laid it out for her, it, but like, it doesn't make it right. You don't put hands on your loved one. It doesn't make it right, but I'm just saying. How that, did she not see that? Coming? Yeah. That's what I would hear. As soon as I was on the floor, I would hear, didn't you see that coming? <laughs> like, I want I want I want to take some steps back, like the reach and stuff. I would have delivered the, I had an abortion from across the room. 
Not within yes. hands strike distance. Oh my god. No, goodness. I would have done it in my car as it was speeding away via text. B- BTW. Yeah, they didn't have text though. <laughs> By the way. Um, and then she was and then that's when she was like, Look at Anthony. And she's like he's like, There's nothing wrong with Anthony. And she's like, There, yes, there is. And I was kind of on Michael's side with that. I was like, Anthony seems like he's like his grandfather he just seems like he Anthony's has his grandfather's doing the best he can do with what he's yeah. been dealt and then i kind yeah. of wondered i came i thought she was a school teacher i would have thought that maybe i don't think they consulted any true primary <laughs> school yeah because i she i would have thought that she would have been more like there's nothing really wrong with anthony he's just very quiet and mopey exactly like his father and, and grandfather like that who thrive in third grade yeah he i mean that's what that's what i said like oh i want to i'll get to it later was how vito corleone was very quiet even as a child he was super quiet and he grew up and even as an adult and stuff he was quiet he was a man of few words and but he was he was very smart and he took everything in around him so i just thought like oh that's probably how anthony is and she's like, oh, no, he's messed up and stuff. And it's like, well, maybe you're a wet blanket, Kay. You never think that. <laughs> Kay was a bit. Uh, oh, yeah, but. It's again. not her fault, but she was, she was in the. Michael made a bad decision. She doesn't have the personality to be no, a mob wife. And how did he not see that in the beginning? That's my point. Okay, moving on. Okay. I don't think so, that he thought that he was gonna be the Don though. Because no. Sonny was always supposed to be right. the Don. And the Don didn't want him to be Yeah, the he wanted Don. him to Marlon be the Brando college didn't boy. want Yeah, he wanted him to go legit. And then the the stuff happened where he saw that he was good at it because of the military training. He had a ruthlessness to him and he was smart. So he was like, maybe I'll be really good at it because Sonny, Sonny flew off the handle too much. Sonny was a freaking mess. Which, that's one of my good reheatables is, I like how when they had little Sonny Corleone, they're like, he's always fighting. Yeah. <laughs> As a little that's kid and stuff, he was yeah. just always fighting. And then like Fredo as a baby had pneumonia and so he was sick and stuff. And his dad, you could see his dad, like, just worrying about him. And then as a baby, Michael was just always with his dad. So I yeah. liked it. Like, you never saw Connie. I don't know where. Maybe Connie was the youngest? Connie was a girl. I'm sorry. Connie was a girl. It didn't matter. Yeah. So I was just like, oh. You know, and Connie knew that. So yeah, Connie I was went watching. for the boy candy. I was watching a thing on, it was to the Today Show, and it was um, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, who was wearing like a uh, black band in his hair that made his hair what? really weird looking. What? And then... Um, like a headband? Yeah, but it was in his hair. So I'm sure that that's like not his real hair. But it made it look even like, oh, like at first I thought, oh, my God, nobody like fixed his wig. 
And then I looked and I'm like, no, it's like a band that he's wearing in his head, but it's black. But on, you know, my phone screen, you're just like, what is going on with this head? And Talia Shire and James Caan and Robert Duvall. And it was for some anniversary recently. I mean, ah, yeah, because it's Matt like Lauer 50th? was doing it. Um, oh, please. He's so me too. Yeah. So it was before that. And it was them talking about it and Talia Shire because he was asking about all the characters and stuff. And so he asked about Connie and Talia Shire said, well, um, she said that her brother, Francis Ford Coppola, said to her, she is loved, but she's not respected and she doesn't yeah. have a place in the family. Yeah. And that's why. And so then she was like, oh, I know who she is then. Because yeah. she doesn't have a place in the family, and then when the mom dies, then it's like, oh, I know, it's, I'm I'm the mom now. Yeah, I cook for you. I make you some good well, cookies. Well, she's like, yeah, I... she's like the peacekeeper. She does all the nitty gritty behind. Like we're not seeing that. There's right. a whole other and... interesting movie to be made about the women of it, but you don't see it because no family members will die on my watch until I die. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, basically Fredo. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, so we've done some nerd alerts. Are you saving your rest for... I didn't do my reheatables. <gasps> oh, I haven't done my my positive reheatables. Okay, oh. go ahead. Do I have my negative reheatables? Well, my only negative reheatables were... I guess like the women... You yeah. know, how you didn't the see women's it. role because there it was, was more because we saw that, but then we kind of get oh, did you notice Car her the mom's name was Carmela, and then the Sopranos, Carmella. she's Carmela. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she could work a machine gun. Carmela Soprano. Yes, she could. Well, yeah, be, I mean that was just like a good evolution, and you got to see the the different sides. But she was still supposed to be the woman at home making the food for the children and the husband, and however many friends he brought by that night. It was yeah, yeah, that's true. Take leave the guns, take the cannoli. So I guess my my good reheatable would be like um. Vito Corleone, he was all about his family, though. He was. He didn't. You didn't see. I don't know if maybe he did, but in the movies, it gave the impression that he did not step out on his wife, and no, everything didn't. that he did, it was for his kids, and that he he like played with his kids and stuff, and yeah. he was involved in their life. Yeah. My positive reheatables. There was a fucking intermission. Yeah, hadn't seen that with before before Gone with the Wind, and um, I like the dueling storylines, how they would intercut between Vito and Michael at the same age. They said there were a whole lot more intercuts, but that they decreased them to keep the flow of the movie going, and so you could understand which story was happening. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess. I mean, I, I could kind of follow it. But, yeah. And my reheatable was, like, how Vito didn't, he didn't start off in a life of crime. 
Mm-hmm. He was working legitimate, like just being a hard worker and stuff. And then his job was taken over by this other guy. And so yeah. he's, and he was very gracious with when that mm-hmm. happened. And he was like, don't I will never forget what you've done for me. And that was the basis of how then he became the godfather. And there was a cool scene. So he um, like it was cool to see how he would help the community because when right. he was out and about people would know who he was, but they would come to him because there's this woman, the first time that we see it, it's a, the friend of the wife comes and says that she's going to get kicked out because they had a dog and they weren't allowed to have a dog. And then they got rid of the dog, but the little boy loved the dog so much, but then they got in trouble and they hid the dog. It got found. And so they got rid of the dog, but the super was like, Nope, you're out. You got to go. And so Vito goes to talk to the landlord guy and says, hey, you know, um, I'm a friend of the family. I think that they should be allowed to stay. It was a misunderstanding, and they got rid of the dog. So what's the difference? And the guy, the uh, what's it called? the landlord says, nope, they got to go. I've already rented it to someone else. For more money. Mm-hmm. For, for more money and stuff. And so Vito's just like, I read how he left it, but he didn't strong arm him. He never raised his voice. None of that. And then the next scene, that guy comes in because when he was when he was talking on the street to Vito, he was all put together and suave and stuff. And then he comes in, probably Colomenza gave him a visit. And he comes in and he's all like his hair is kind of out of place and he is all of a sudden super apologetic. And he says, oh, my gosh, I did not know. I'm so sorry. Yes, you know what? She can stay. And I'm going to knock off $5 off the rent. And Vito doesn't even say anything. And he's like, oh, you know what? Yep, they're going to pay like $10 less a month. Yep, cool. They, they can. He's just just wants to do anything because he realizes who he's talking to. Right. And he didn't really right. have to like he didn't have to go about fear. And then every time he was around other people, if they needed something from him, they would come to him. And then he would he would get things fixed for them. But then if he needed something from them, then they would do it. And then you kind of got the impression that he didn't super take advantage of that. And that's how he was able to get the respect of people because it wasn't like, oh, I need a favor here. Will you go whack this guy? And it's a regular civilian. Like he would kind of move his favors around like a chessboard, and so that this guy isn't this favor that I'm going to ask him. It isn't going to destroy his life. Like he's going to be able to do this favor that I need to repay my favor. And that favor is going to help this guy. Then this guy's going to have a favor for me. And when I need the favor, then I'll ask it from him. And the favors that he would ask weren't like, remember how I said I need something? Well, yeah, you need to go kill this guy. You, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, I got the impression that it wasn't stuff like that. But right. if it was somebody who was in the nefarious dealings like that, and that was the favor that they asked of him, then he could ask that favor of them. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Because in, in Godfather 1, he established what was 
justice for justice and what was above what you're asking me to do due to what that person did. Yeah, he had like this moral compass that even though he would do some bad things, you know, even though there was a lot of there was a lot of taking of human life. Yeah. Vito had a human compass. Yeah, exactly. And that's why he didn't want to get into drugs and stuff. Yeah. And that was what he didn't want to get into Mm -hmm. because that's just... Okay, MVPs. Favorite parts of the movie. Okay. Go ahead, Ma. Well, I did like Fredo's jacket. That was a good jacket. And they they both... He and Michael wore... Because it was um, like a like a ding, like a, no, that's not good. That raw silk. I like, I like me some raw silk. Mm-hmm. And then the way the dom, the other Dom died when he died. And then it was like, okay. are you talking about the, from the olden times or from Michael's time, Vito or Michael's time? I think it was Michael's time. I think it was Frank. Well, Frank took himself out the game. Oh, so it was because him. Tom Hayden made him. He remember because the yeah, guy he, he turns yeah, the he, evidence and then he brings the brother in and then yeah. he changes his tune and says he doesn't remember anything. And then Tom goes to visit him in jail and he remembers because he and Clemenza were big into history. Apparently, they're huge history buffs. And he says, "Remember when you set up the whole family? You based it around the Roman Empire." And if the Roman Empire, if somebody was trying to overthrow the emperor, then, and they got caught, that they would give the person a chance to take themselves out. Because if they took themselves out, then they the family still got to keep the money and they were protected by the family. But if they had to be like a hit ordered on them and taken out for revenge, then the family got nothing and were on their own. All about the family. Mm-hmm. And so he he had that, and then that's why he goes into the bathtub, and he's like, goodbye, slid cruel his, world. But I think he slid his wrist the way I think people slid their wrists as opposed to the way. Okay, moving on. Oh, like horizontal and not vertical? Yeah. The yeah. cry for help and the... Yeah, he, oh, move on. Well, you couldn't really see, though. I didn't see, at least. Okay, so your MVP. Ma, did that rug look familiar to you? It's her living room rug. My MVP is the rug. I'm like, we have the rug. We have the Corioni rug. And I'm going, really? You're getting an Afghanistan rug? I think you could get a, a true quotation marks oriental quotation marks rug no and you know what that's poogie man's rug it's not my rug my rug is the blue one that's in the dining room and poogie man picked the red one okay but he might forget this you two can fight over that when i'm gone so i'm taking the corleone rug now okay You should get first dibs, your first child. I am. And I'm a feminine child. I was the first feminine child. I get it. I get it all. 
red Afghan rugs. We do. We have that exact same rug. We do. It is the same rug. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's the rug. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All this time. It's not the first rug we bought. It's not the first one you crawled around on. No. But we got it in Bad Kreuznach with your rug with the the blue in it. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable. The Godfather rug. so your MVP was the rug? Yes! All this time, the Godfather, it's been the Godfather, and the rug that tied the whole movie together is the it same did tie the rug. Whole thing together. Did you notice the apartment before the rug and after the rug? Yeah. Night yeah. and day, there's even yeah. a scene where the baby, they put the baby on it to crawl around. Sunny, young Sunny. Young Sunny? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's how you crawled around on the rug that is now our dining room rug. Just saying. That's not the dining room rug. That's the... Okay. (laughs) Recasting. (laughs) I have two casts this week. I have one cast, so you can go ahead. Okay, I have my female cast, which was daunting, and I have my Hamilton cast, which would which would you prefer? Um, let's go your because I only have a female cast, so let's go your female cast. My female cast. Okay, so last year, last week, <laughs> that was adorbs. Last week, I had Jessica Lang as Vito, and I'm remember. pretty freaking proud of that. Okay. This week I went with as as the young Vito, Margot Robbie. As because yes, Vito, she's gorgeous, but she has proven that she can play a character with multi-dimensions. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, so is she that, wearing contact lenses? Or did you cast She can do whatever she wants to do with it. Because okay. I trust her. Okay. Okay, to that I have Michael. Mm-hmm. Michael, who has now become the Don. Kiss my fucking hand. Amy Adams. Amy Adams is Michael Corleone. Did yeah, you I see her see in Sharp Objects? I didn't see Sharp Objects. She can play a dark character. Very brooding. Because you have to get very... My, he pouted a lot, I thought. He was very pouty. He pouted a lot. Very dour, that Michael yeah, Corleone. But but as he's pouting, the cogs in his brain are moving. Mm-hmm. Very mopey. Yeah, it's, she's not Cinderella all the fucking time. <laughs> okay, true, true. All right. all right. Okay, my Tom, who is not a blood brother, mm-hmm. but an adopted brother. Janelle Monet. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's good. Intellectual swoops in when you need Wait, to. Who intellect- did you say your veto was? Oh, you you did young veto though. Young veto is Margot Robbie. Okay, young veto Margot Robbie. Okay, okay, I got it. Okay, so Fredo. Yes. Okay. So Fredo, if you're gonna say someone who is lacking a little bit of the brain sparks, Ilsa Fisher. 
Drop the mic. That's pretty good because I always could like uh, think that sh her and Amy Adams look alike. They do look alike, but one can play a per a, 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 a character with several layers. I'm sure Elsa could too, but she's so good at being that upper level where everything is how it looks. Mm -hmm. I she would be fun being a train wreck. I think so. Mm -hmm. And Janelle Monet is the bright one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I did pretty good. All right. All right. Oh, Am I going to my Hamilton cast? If you want to, I can do my female cast. Save your female cast. Okay. Because I don't want to do female on female. <laughs> Some people object. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So my Michael. In my Hamilton cast. Mm -hmm. So that means genders can switch. Yeah, it's whatever. Can switch. Okay, so my Michael is Donald Glover. Yeah, he's he can be dour and pouty and mopey. My veto is Nate Parker. Nate Parker. Was he in the If Beale Street Could Talk? I don't know, but he was in, uh, what's the one about the slave who rose up? And oh, he was in, um, oh, yeah, that guy. He he has um, Nat a, Turner. a bi biographical issue yeah. with his biography, but... I'm not believing anything until it's proven, and I feel like he could do veto. Yeah, that would with, be good. Yeah, with this past that's... Yeah. Okay, stay with me. So I now have Donald Glover, Nate Parker, mm -hmm. Tom, mm -hmm. Ruth Nega. Ruth Nega as Tom? Yeah, the bright, the, the legitimate side of the business, the attorney side. The intellectual is, side. She's British in real life, right? She could, yeah. So would she be playing it with her British accent? No, she oh, because okay. she does an, a fantastic American accent. I just thought it would be an interesting wrinkle. Well, it could be because it's the adopted yeah. person. And she totally could. Okay, so my Fredo. Okay, this is a little problematic. But I tore an earbud right out. Um, okay, so this has to be somebody that, spoiler alert, you don't kind of mind them swimming with the fishes. Well, they brought it, he, Fredo brought it upon himself. He didn't. I mean, he, it insecure. wasn't even that he, he, it wasn't, oh, he planned to betray his brother, but like, he helped them put a hit on his brother. Like on they tried to brother. kill me. And so you gotta be okay with him swimming with the fishes. I'm okay with Nick Cannon swimming with the fishes. <laughs> Nick Cannon would be a really good Fredo. Thank you. That's good. Drop the mic. That's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. Danny Clover, Nate Parker, Ruth Nigga, Nick Cannon. That's good. Thank you. And yours? Well, mine, I went in, first of all, I thought that you needed to set 
the tone and by setting the tone you had this you had the cast even though they're not in the second part you had the cast old Vito Corleone right to set the tone in my female cast so okay at first I was gonna go like all time my all time I think female Vito Corleone or I'm just like I would pay I don't even care what the rest of the cast is but if this woman were Vito Corleone, I would pay the money and see it instantly because it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But this isn't who this isn't part of my cast because mm-hmm. I crossed it out because it, it just I had to go with what made more sense and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, she could do it. Right. As a Vito yeah. Corleone. But I was like, yeah, she's a little older now. So it kind of wouldn't have made as much sense. And I was like, am I going to do the time hop? Because when I get to Fredo, I'll tell you who I all-time time hop. I would okay. But, so I went with old Vito Corleone in this cast is Robin Wright. Yeah, she can do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can be really young and she can be... But she was like Marlon Brando. So she was my yeah. Marlon Brando. For yeah. young Vito... I went with Rosamund Pike. <gasps> She's yeah. frightening. She, I mean, she can really frighten you. Uh huh. But she can also be like nice and stuff. Yeah. But she has like a yeah. the real tough side, and also because she had you know, to get very quiet. Seven, yeah, seven years of marriage with Kay before she leaves you. So you no, gotta be these nice. are, I'm talking about Vito, ma. I'm not talking I'm about sorry. Michael. This is this is Vito, young Vito. Oh, okay, okay. Because his wife stayed with him through thick and thin. Yeah. Okay. They seem to have a very good marriage. Well, because she conceded a lot, but we'll move on. Well, I mean, that was only that we saw. I mean, she was pretty smart because she did get the friend to come in and was like, oh, you have a problem. My husband can help. Yeah. And she kind of in that scene like was like, oh, she was yeah, like, so, you know, she didn't get a lot of credit, but she I bet she at night and stuff. She had a lot of big ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was sleeping and he was snoring. Yeah. She was like, OK. Oh. For Michael. I said Kristen Stewart. Because I mean, if you need somebody who's mopey, who can brood. Who, oh, my right? God. Who can brood better than Kristen Stewart? There you go. Michael corleone it up. Am I gay? Am I trans? Am I am I fluid? It doesn't am even I... matter. She's just brooding. Right. Tom Hag- Hagen. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Viola Davis. Yeah, she can do anything Viola- you ever wanted. Yeah. She can do one of these roles any period any of, of them and her Tom Hagen would be because she would and she would be like I'm so smarter than all of these people yeah but I have to yeah. be doing this but they brought they took me in and they paid for my education and I can't tell them how much smarter I am than they are nope but you know who mm-hmm. knows it Robin Wright Robin Wright well, knows that's it. true too that's true too for my Sonny Corleone I'm like, all right, well, you need somebody who can like fly off of a handle. Who is obviously they they've been first in line, they're supposed to run things, but then they can fly off a handle and they have to be 
like hair trigger. I thought it would be fun. I'm like, Emma Stone, go do your thing. Yeah, she can totally do it. Go be sunny. Just a hot yeah. head. Yeah. For Connie, I cast Jim Parsons <laughs> of the Big Bang Theory. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Because you have to be like, what, what is Whatever I have to say to get What's through, it's going to be all right. Yeah. He's off. You know, he's up to no good and stuff. He's not really making great decisions. But also, what's he going to say? You know? And then for my Fredo, I picked Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. She would be such a good Fredo. Yeah, she would Because she has a great winning personality and stuff, but then she was yeah. like, ah, but you're kind of dumb. She, I mean, not her, yeah. but like she would be, she the would nail the character. she can play, yeah. Yeah, and just being a disappointment, and she tries yeah. to off Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And Kristen Stewart's mopey about it. And she's like, yeah. oh. So that, that's my cast. That is a round of applause. Okay, tasty nuggets. All right. So I have some Robert De Niro tasty nuggets. Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro studied four months with that Sicilian dialect. Because truth be told, he spoke in the entire film Eight words in English. Oh, yeah. It was all Sicilian. He spoke most of it in that Sicilian dialect. Mm -hmm. Uh, 46 minutes of his time on film was spent using the Sicilian dialect. And were Sicilians like he nailed it? Yeah. Okay. He lived in Sicily for three months to perfect it. Because people, you know, they say it and I'm like, I don't know. I don't speak it. So to me... It sounds bona fide, but I'm not the ear that you need to convince. Exactly. You need to convince the people mm-hmm. from Sicily. So the people of Sicily gave it the thumbs up approval. Wow, that's huge. I'm asking. I did not get that information. I'm going to assume so. Because it's 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 big in the Italian community and stuff. They're... And he wasn't halting in it at all. He was good. Couldn't tell. Okay, so the the character of Hyman Roth. Oh, is this gonna make my tummy hurt? No, like, was based on a real person thing. named Meyer Lansky. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, he was the Jewish gangster. He was. Yeah, I mean, everybody had their gangster, their head dude, and he was the one of the Jewish group. Mm-hmm. When the dude had difficulty getting out of the door. When the dude had difficulty getting out of the door. I think it was at the very beginning during Anthony's first communion Uh and people came and paid their respects to the Don, Uh but he couldn't open the door. Okay. It it was a real thing where they, they stuck a nail so the door wouldn't open. So the guy would truly panic not being able to get in out of the door. Coppola, that's getting the that's getting the performance he needs. Okay, so here I have a note that Meyer Lansky was in the National Crime Syndicate in a major gambling empire. 
So Meyer Lansky, who is played as Hyman Roth, who is played by Lee Strasberg. Lee Strasberg was kind of based on somebody in the syndicate. Now, when I was in high school in the 60s, it was called the syndicate, not the mafia, not La Costa Nostra. Oh, really? And the only reason I knew it was from soap operas. Oh, weird. Um, Like, As the World Turns, The Guiding Light. Um, Yeah, so it was called The Syndicate. So he, it was uh, roughly based on a real person. Okay, so if at the very end, when they have a flashback with Sonny. Yeah, he was with Lucky Luciano. Yeah, Marlon Brando was supposed to come back for that flashback. Mm-hmm. But he felt like they had done him so wrong when he signed up to be Fido Corleone. Hey, mm-hmm. in The Godfather, he had to sign all kinds of contingencies. He said, F that, I ain't coming back. So they had to rewrite that scene. Well, and also, he was probably just being Meyer, Marlon Brando. Yeah. He was probably just pulling up Brando because they didn't think he was going to show at the beginning for the first one. That's why they made him sign all of the contingencies. For whatever reason, he decided this, this was something he wanted to do, and he did it. And everybody praised him. And then he wins an Oscar. He sends the first American woman up. And then the second one comes around. And he's like, you know, Marlon Brando. He's in a Marlon Brando mood. And Mm -hmm. he was just like, no, I don't want to do it. You did me wrong on the other one. He just, like, he just didn't want, he just Brandoed it. He was probably at home eating sushi off of a nude woman. Probably, man. He also that was a weird dude. And well, from I, what I read, his mom I think was mentally ill, mm-hmm. or and or she had a drinking problem, maybe both. So who knows what his like? Because a lot of that stuff's inherited. So who knows? Maybe he inherited like mm-hmm. some of his things that we think are weird quirks. It was like no. It, Dude was suffering from mental illness. And or we he just could have had an artist. alcohol syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who even you don't knows? Know. Well, evidently, Al Pacino didn't like the script at all. And he was going to say no. And then Francis Ford Coppola rewrote it and sent it to him because you kind of had to have Michael be consistent. And yeah. that he was okay with it. And he kept shouting throughout the whole filming, Serpico only took 19 days to film, and this film took 104 days. So evidently Al Pacino was like, let's move on. I mean, he was a, when was Dog Day Afternoon and stuff? That dude's and he's young, so how big is his head getting? Pretty freaking uh, bigger than he was tall. Yeah, right. Okay, so in the film, when they are in Cuba, which they actually filmed in the Dominican Republic, a gold telephone is given to the, the, um, 
it wasn't the president. Was it the president? I think it was the president because I think this was before the revolution. I think that's why they had it to leave was, Cuba. Was, it was when the re- revolution popped off. Yeah. He was given this gold telephone. That really happened. And the real gold telephone is in Havana's Museum of Revolution. If you ever go to Cuba, I've never been. Well, I think, aren't we allowed to go now? I think we are. Uh, Puerto Rico is close enough. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, so this is about the boat that the young Vito took to America where he passed the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. It's called the Moshilu, Moshilu, or Moshulu. Okay. Okay, that was the name of the boat. That's what the boat is, he is on as he arrives. Mm-hmm. It is now a restaurant at Penn Landing in Philadelphia. Oh, interesting. I knew you would find that interesting. That is interesting. In this movie, there were 16 deaths. 16 people died in the script of the movie. Okay. How many people they killed off. Mm -hmm. Those are my tasty nuggets. Interesting. Well, at the Senate hearings, the senators, you have uh, horror director Robert Corman, this other guy, William Brewers, Bill Feldman, and sci-fi writer Richard Matheson. Those are like the senators in the hearing. And only two actors have ever won the Oscar for playing the same character. And that was Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. Um, It had 11 Oscar nominations and won six. It won Best Director, De Niro for Best Supporting Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Score, and Best Picture. And the here are the nominees for Best Picture that year. Lenny, which was interesting because remember Lenny was directed by Bob Fosse, who <gasps> Fosse him. beat Coppola for directing Cabaret. So that was interesting. The Towering Inferno. I remember that Paul Newman Heller was in The Towering Inferno. Yes, he was. Wow. Do not doubt me. Chinatown. Mm, Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway. And The Conversation, which was also directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, that's odd. He had, he was like, and then he won for The Godfather Part Two. But yeah, my other movie, The Conversation, was also nominated for Best Picture. You know, that's just how I am. Those were my tasty nuggets. Well, it was three and a half hours, but again, it it flew by. It was a Friday after I'd spent half a morning in kindergarten, where doesn't that sound like a lovely, lovely morning? Yes. Crazy little people in kindergarten. They're just crazy. And I had to take a little boy up who is throwing up, which is the worst thing because you just are so self. He says as we get to the nurse's office, wow, now that I've thrown up, I have my energy back. (laughs) And then he said, I threw up two times at home before I came to school today. And 
going before I went to school. I didn't go to school. Thank you, parents, for being so caring about everyone else around your child. Well, you know why? They can't. Who's going to look after the kid? Exactly. They have to go to they their jobs. They got to work. Yeah, I know. I I get it, but I am still ambivalent against the parents who send throwing up children to school because I don't want to throw up. Thank you very much. <laughs> you throw up. Equals I throw up in three days. So you're going to throw up in three days? I hope not. Bet you bet you used that hand sanitizer or were you like, I don't like it. No, but I did wash my hands several times. I, don't I did the like I did the surgery sanitizer. scrub that I see on Grey's Anatomy. Did you also do the Chernobyl throwing off all of your clothes that you were wearing and throwing them into a bag and then having those separate when you go wash? I can tell by the silence that you did not. I met your brother and your new sister at those with those Oh my aforementioned gosh. Clothes. You they can't pin it on me. They were on an airplane. You didn't change your clothes from the pew. But I scrubbed up to my elbows when I got home. Oh well, I'm sure that all the germs just congregated to your skin on your forearms. I'm saying like, only public school teachers understand this conversation. I understand it. I watched Chernobyl. Your clothes were tainted. Your shirt was tainted. It's true. <laughs> it's it's in the it's in the. I would have just I would have changed my shirt. Tomorrow. When I did the my surgery scrub. Yeah, pretty ah, much. You don't even want to. Moving on. You don't want to see what I do when I get off a plane. Well, actually, that's okay. not true. But if somebody like I was helping somebody who puked, damn sure I would change take off everything. Okay. In fairness to me, he didn't puke the entire time he was in my presence. I carried the trash can with the puke in it with him so that if he had to puke some more, he could, there was a safe place. (laughs) I was hanging, when I was hanging out with Quill and he was sick, when I came home, I just stripped and put everything in the dirty clothes and took a shower. And guess what? Didn't get sick. I'm not getting sick. And that was Friday and and this is Saturday evening. Well, we'll see how Sunday goes. We will. And what is your next comment? We'll see how Sunday goes. Are you ready for what we're doing next week? Yes. Do you have any more to tell our listeners about Godfather, Godfather 2? Oh, there's so much to see, but you got, I mean, so much to say, but you got to see it just to know what people are talking about. You do. The um, racial epitaphs are rough. But it's everybody, and it's like it's cool to see like the Sicilians. But yeah, yeah I mean they, you know, they're always they're talking about everybody. How did Sicilians think they were better from the entire um, Italy that was attached to the continent? How did how did an island think they were better than everybody else? Because that's what people do. No matter what you are, you think you're better than everybody else because that's what you are. It's the ego. They're like, oh, because Cecilia, because they were in the island, so wasn't it that they were darker, had darker hair, darker eyes, darker skin? 
and so Darker people hearts. and so people would would um look down upon them from Italy because look because maybe I mean every that mean, seems to be the like nobody wants to be not nobody wants to be dark but if you're dark that's always been scandalized that as, has been. It's oh, true. The colorism. Although everybody and stuff. else will try to get as deep as suntan uh-huh. as they can in this land. Yeah, but, but okay. not everybody. Well, People in Asia, they they like um cover their skin completely and wear umbrellas and won't stand in the sun because they don't want to get dark. That's true. Yeah. So that's okay. why. Well, okay. So this was Godfather. And Godfather 2, which were excellent. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do what you're expecting and do Godfather 3. I didn't think you were. I'm not. I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to go back to the late 50s. Late with 50s. With our next week mm-hmm. pick. I'm going to do an actress we have not focused on, but we have discussed. We've discussed, but not focused on late mm-hmm. 50s. Actress. Mm-hmm. more uh this film was made in 1957 this actress is a wife of one of our faves wife of what joanne woodward it is our first joanne woodward film huh this is gonna be interesting because (laughs) how am i gonna feel about joanne woodward (laughs) (laughs) well get ready to (laughs) Work with the conundrum that is, do I like her or do I hate her? I'm going to have to, like, like her. But then, you know, my baser nature is going to be like, oh, so just what exactly was it about her? Even though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I what have was to it like... about her that caught the attention? Not only caught his attention, but he married her and stayed married to her for a long time. I mean, I gotta like her because it's not like I had a shot with him. No. Well, truth be t- when did he die? Because he might have died before you were even born. No, Paul Newman was a Paul Newman was in Road to Perdition in like 1999. Yeah. Okay, okay. He was still pretty then. So okay. Anyway, moving. This is not about him. It's about Joanne Woodward, 1957, going a little dark this week to the three faces of Eve. Darker than killing your own brother? (laughs) Darker than having an abortion from aborting your child's son? She has three different personalities. In 1957. So what's it called? 1957. The three faces of Eve. Faces of Eve. All right. Nice. Is it three hours long? Does each face have an hour? I don't think so. Um, Go ahead and discuss something. That's my big thing that I want to discuss. If it has three faces. I like how you toss it to me and I got nothing, literally nothing to, to talk about. You couldn't have looked this up when I was debating whether or not I was going to hate Joanne Woodward or not. Well, it got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. 
Um, I'm not seeing the length of the movie yet, but let me see if I can find that. And it's on iTunes? We can find it on iTunes, which is... So many other things came up. Where was that? Oh, it's presented in CinemaScope. What does that mean? I don't know. Dissociative Identity Disorder. Yeah, because I didn't know about it until Sally Fields did. Never mind. I can't remember. I don't know any of the. I only know Joanne Woodward. David Wayne, Lee J. Cobb. Yeah, Lee J. Cobb was in a lot of westerns when I was coming up. Narrated by Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook was big stuff. Mm. 20th Century Fox, 91 minutes. You're welcome, an hour and a half. Wow. You're welcome. Okay. I'm not going to tell you that she actually won the best. Academy Award for Best Actress. Well, you did, though. But I did. But So doesn't that make you want to see it even more, people? Not only is she Joanne Woodward, not only did she win an, an Oscar for it, Paul Newman chose her as his forever bride. <laughs> his forever bride. And they stayed together forever. Yeah, but we don't know. I'm not saying anything else about the relationship, but they did not get divorced. They got, well, we'll get to it next week. What the guy <gasps> wrote. Interesting. Interesting. I am, because I looked up to see who wrote and directed it, and I am intrigued. Who wrote and directed it? Well, we'll get to that next week, won't <gasps> you we? You have to hang on, people. We hope you enjoyed this week of Gone with the Bushes, Godfather 2. I feel some red wine in my future. Jeez, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Memorial Day weekend. And there you go. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. as well.